This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. Remember that cocaine sunshine energy that we heard with Carrie in episode 33? Well, Ashley brings us her own brand of sunshine. I find it incredibly refreshing that in this episode we get to see how an eight channels all that passion and intensity, not in weightlifting, not in marathon running, but in the world of comic books, superheroes, and fiction. We are who we are, and we bring what we bring. To whatever it is that we absolutely love. And as Ashley would put it, she loves women with swords. I resonate with her in that I've always had this inner picture of myself as being a lady knight, wearing armor that's super beat up and bashed in, scar marks all over my body, but I'm still standing. I'm still ready to hold up my sword and fight for the sake of people who can't. We talk a little bit about how we all have our tribes and her particular tribe are those who would be considered nerds, kind of sidelined by the people around them, but she provides them with place, with belonging. And I love that. We do that. Wherever we are, we do that. What about the Carrie interview just made you go, oh yeah? <laughs> just the um, high energy. I think uh, a lot of people would, would say that is true about me. Uh, just exuberance. It's funny, I am the least athletic person on this planet, but that has never ever stopped me from trying something. And it, it doesn't matter if it's just like, you know, athletics or, or anything that's put in front of me. I'm, I'm always going to try and I'm going to give it my best right. shot, even if um, I'm probably not going to succeed. <laughs> Do you find that somehow, even as you're like working your way through something you're not good at, you get competitive? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And that's the thing. Like, even if I know... Um, I'm actually not very good at this. Well, doesn't matter. You're going to get like 100% from me. I'm going to try. I'm going to smack talk you even if I know I'm going to lose. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I want to hear more about you obviously love superheroes. So do do the Comic-Con stuff. Yeah, you know, it, hashtag pandemic, but I uh, haven't gotten to do cons yes. uh, in a couple of years. So it's uh, it's kind of a bummer that I've missed out on that. I think the last one I got to go to was uh, Rhode Island Comic Con in 2019. Cool, cool, cool. So hello, I'm Ashley. On the interwebs, I am occasionally known as the nerdy blogger. <laughs> so I'm a writer and podcaster. It's my day job. So I'm a staff writer at fangirlish.com, uh, where I write about film, television, Right now, I'm writing a lot about Star Trek because when I love Star Trek, I love the optimism and hopefulness that it has. Um, I also love um, that there's lots of different kinds of people in Star Trek. There's room for everyone on the bridge. I think that's awesome. So I write a lot about Star Trek, but I've also written about um, Stranger Things, The Mandalorian. I am a certifiable nostalgia addict. So during the pandemic, I wrote a weekly column called Hashtag Way Back Wednesday. By the way, I have also been told I have the spiritual gift of hashtags. So (laughs) (laughs) when I'm not writing about nerdy stuff or podcasting about nerdy stuff, I'm helping small businesses with their social media. And so yay, hashtag. (laughs) 
but the way back Wednesday column, I would write about one retro film a week. And I tried to pick a film that was streaming somewhere because, you know, if you're in the pandemic, you're trying not to leave the house for the most part. So just something that was accessible. That was a lot of fun for me. You noticed my love of superheroes on my uh, yes. on my Instagram. I am 37. I have been reading comics since I was six years old. Mm. And for the longest time, I was the only girl I knew that. And I've found this is true for most of my interests. They tend to make me the token female in the room. We all are like that. That's, uh, that's an eight thing. But I love superheroes. I've always loved superheroes. If we're talking favorites, my all-time favorite is She-Hulk. So when I found out there was a She-Hulk series and then that Tatiana Maslany was going to play her, I screamed. Um, <laughs> she's Canadian too, I think. Honestly, the reason I'm quiet is I know nothing about this stuff. Okay, cool, <laughs> I, cool, cool. My kids enjoy Marvel. Okay. I was a, I don't know the genre you'd call it, but like the old school fantasy Right. Okay. So anything with elves and um, okay. dragons and things oh, love, like that. That's I love me. Tolkien yeah. too. So yeah. 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 No, that's that stuff's my jam as well. Yeah. So this lifelong love of superheroes kind of also brought me into science fiction and fantasy stories. You know, I think I was maybe seven or eight the first time I watched Star Wars. And that kind of just spiraled into this love of genre fiction. BA in Lit. Mm. And my master's degree is in language and literature, but my concentration was in imaginative lit, which is effectively a science fiction and fantasy degree. My husband likes to jokingly say I have a master's in nerd, which is true. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Not at all. I guess kind of the way I have always kind of processed emotions and how I'm thinking about things is through the lens of fiction, which, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. led to a lifelong love of story. I think stories Mm -hmm. are important. I grew up with extended family who were entirely fiction mm. readers. And I always felt, first of all, judged by that. <laughs> because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is something, as you would know, in the literary world that says that that's the higher literature. Mm-hmm. And that those of us that love, especially the fantasy sci-fi genre, are like not as intelligent or something. We like to call that the sci-fi snub. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah, no, legit. I think we're, we're starting to turn a corner there, but in some ways it's still very, very present. The word wonder comes up a lot for yeah. me. Um, how would you define nerd? Nerds tend to be um, a little more academic in their, their pursuits, but I've always loved the geeky things and pursued them academically. So I think I'm both, um, but I, I tend to prefer the term nerd. I wrote my master's thesis on the title is um, Intertextuality in Medieval Storytelling, which is basically a bunch of $5 words that mean stories that borrow from other stories. I wrote about how those kinds of stories have influenced the mainstreaming of geek culture. And I used Stranger Things as a case study to explain that. So my best friend is super nerdy about uh, personality tests. And so she really loves MBTI. And then she was telling me um, about the Enneagram. And I was like, well, I've heard of it. I, I don't really know anything about it. So she kind of gave me a little bit of a rundown. And I was like, well, what do you think I am, buddy? And she's like, oh, you're an eight. And I was like, I am? What does that mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were actually on a trip together. And so we were sitting up late talking. And uh, she's like, oh, well, here, it's this. And so she handed me her phone. And it had like a little description. And I was like, I can, I can roll with that. But I, I don't really like that eights are often called the challenger. Because I don't see myself as somebody who often challenges in well maybe I do in different ways but I don't see myself that way I guess the descriptor of an eight that I resonated the most with was um, courageous protector I wing really hard in both directions I don't know if that breaks some kind of rules but I don't care
I'll start by reading one of the quotes I sent you. Um, So she said, you like to use your charming, sunny disposition to create an upbeat, positive, action-packed environment. You're also very nurturing to those in your circle of care. Your mission is to be an instrument of change, transforming difficult situations into moments of inspiration. You're a true free spirit. You're happiest when you are on the go and helping others to learn to act on their own behalf. Uh, Yes, (laughs) a lot. So I I took a note from Carrie and I asked some of my friends and other people around me, it's like, what kind of energy do I give off when I walk into a room? And I got a lot of good feedback from people who have varying degrees of intimacy with me. So I've got lots of energetic, positive, infectious, joyful, intense, hospitable, hugger, (laughs) caring, friendly, infectious enthusiasm, boisterous, easygoing, kind of the nurturing part in there. My husband says that uh, one of my catchphrases, if you leave my house hungry, it is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of leans into that hospitality. Um, Yeah. My favorite one, though, is because it was an interesting way to express it. A friend of mine said that I give off Milo Thatch from Atlantis vibes, the Disney movie. She said it's because I'm sweet and friendly, but I am also ready to talk passionately and with expertise about my interests. I am a professor on an adventure, is how she described me. And I was like, "Um, that's my new favorite way to introduce myself. I'm Ashley and I'm a professor on an adventure. So I love it. I'm going to I'm going to roll with that. Lots of things that I guess you could say are synonyms for charming and sunny, (laughs) upbeat, positive. Yeah, that's so quintessential. Your blind spot is that you can be so focused on keeping everything positive and honest that you come off as too aggressive and you can fail to recognize the importance of difficult emotions. You can tend to keep busy and in motion to avoid painful feelings. I have been told that I am too optimistic and I, my response is, well, I think you're too pessimistic. <laughs> my optimism, it's not derived from kind of this blind hope that everything will be okay or that things will always work out good or how I think they should. It comes from an attitude of, I know if I don't, I am prone to fall to despair and extreme pessimism and cynicism. Right. You're going to swing from all the way up to all the way down. So yeah. you're just not going to go there. Maybe part of that is due to how my brain is wired. You know, a couple of years ago, I got tested for ADHD. The results came back that uh, while I have a lot of the markers, most on the hyper side, I don't have enough of the markers to merit the diagnosis. So a, a borderline ADHD, but one of those symptoms that I have is lack of emotional regulation. So I'm like, you know, big feels all the time. I, you know, and I think some in some ways that's a strength, but other ways, mm-hmm. you know, that presents a challenge. So the rest of the quote says, it can limit your ability to self-reflect. Do you find you struggle with that or have you kind of grown in that area since learning Enneagram? In some ways, I'm pretty solid at self-reflection. I mentioned earlier that for various different reasons, I, I felt alone a lot as a child. And so one of the ways I kind of processed my emotions was through the lens of fiction, which I still do as an adult. If I'm having a hard time with something, I'm going to go watch a movie or I'm going to go do my next streaming binge. And sometimes watching how other people are dealing with their emotions helps me to figure out my own. And that's how I do self-reflection. Some people are just able to do that you know, completely on their own. And that's right. great, but that's not really a skill I, I have in some ways probably likely you'd say your seven is stronger than your two? I think so. Until I read the description about eight twos and the loving and protective, and that's that's a big drive that I have. How would you say the seven comes in for you? I love to have fun. 
with my church. I'm part of a 20s and 30s somethings group. Me and another leader, she and I help coordinate fun stuff for the ladies to do together. So we have a, a monthly event called Girl Movie Night where we uh, we pick a theme, we suggest movies, and then we vote. We do a double feature, and my friend and I will will make dinner. People will bring like dessert or sides, and it's it's a big party. Everybody knows like if you come to my house or if you're coming to visit me, I'm gonna be like, okay, have you had lunch? Let me make you lunch. What's what's your drink of choice? Ashley's house is the party house. I want to have a good time. I want to make sure you're having a good time too. How about the two? Kind of the the caring and the. Big feels, yeah, I've got those. Um, I love to uh, maybe because I'm the I'm the oldest sibling, and maybe also like I, I read a quote once: "It's like be the adult you wish you had growing up." I really took that to heart. <laughs> I love being in a mentor type position, so I spend a lot of time investing in ladies that are that are a little younger than me. I love spending one on one time with them. I love when they call me like, "Hey, I need advice," and I'm like, "I'm here." I love getting to engage with young women on on whatever it is they're into. I remember a couple years ago, I got to take my mentor's 15-year-old daughter and her buddy to their first R-rated movie in a theater. We went to go see It Chapter 2 because they had both oh. they both they both loved the first one and they I really wanted never. to <laughs> Oh, no, I love horror movies. And that's that's a recent thing for me. I used to hate them. Now mm-hmm. I'm like Give me some more. <laughs> I was like, I got to be in like cool auntie mode and and take a couple 15 year olds to their first R-rated movie in the theater. I think that's, that's like a cool right. thing. So you'd be double aggressive because of your eight and your seven. You'd be double positive because the two and the seven. So have you ever had people feel like you're open armed? I can help or I can offer this. They kind of pull back a little. On the whole, it's been well-received. I've definitely had it happen, though, where I don't know if I was perceived as, you know, maybe maybe this person was so uh, cynical that they didn't believe, like, oh, no, I really mean it. I'm I'm here. I want to help you walk through this hard stuff that you're dealing with. And um, some wisdom I got from my my counselors, like, you know, she's like, that's a gift, like, that you, you care so deeply about other people, but not everybody wants that gift. Um, Right. And so that rejection, yeah, it gutted me, you know? I, yeah, I was, especially because you meant well. Yeah. Your whole heart yeah. was in it, yeah. Yeah, I'm a lot of things, but I don't bullshit people. <laughs> Pardon my French, but... I think your seven helps. I think it makes you more able to be received, you know, but there isn't the lightness that the seven brings. So I find that we're able to make inroads with people that need the help because of the lightness, which is, yay, we need you. What would you say has been, if you look back, the hardest thing about the eight kind of archetype and what gets you into trouble and locks you in a little? I think having my intensity mistaken for hardheadedness or stubbornness. And yeah, I can be hardheaded. Yeah, I can be stubborn. But if you have a different opinion than me, I want to hear it. I'm not threatened by that. I'm not intimidated by that. And you don't have to agree with me. And that's fine. Like, we're still going to be friends at the end of the day. But if, if you've got a disagreement with me, um, I think some aides tend to be more debate. I tend to be more conversation. I will tell you what I think about any given thing, and that's fine. And you can agree with me or you can't. That's okay. But I want to hear, why do you think the way you do? And I want to see how you got there. Because even yes. if I don't agree with you, I want to understand how did you arrive at that conclusion? I still want to walk away as, you know, as friends at the end of the day. Like, even if we don't agree, that's okay. But I want to know that 
we can talk about it and it's, and it's not going to be weird. It's not going to be awkward. What is your favorite thing? I'm going to show up. If I say I'm going to do something, I try my damnedest to do it. I hate feeling like I've not given 100% of everything I can. Have you watched Parks and Recreation? I've watched like two episodes, but I keep being told that I need to. (laughs) But Ron has a a great quote. It says, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And I want to whole-ass whatever I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I I get that. That resonates. (laughs) My tribe, my people are, are the nerds. And I feel like the nerds in a lot of ways have been unfairly ostracized in different ways. And I'm not okay with that. I, I want people to know that, especially in my, in my nerd tribe, that Jesus loves you. I'm sorry. These people have said, oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, you're going to hell. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's bull. I want people to know that they are loved and they are valuable and that, and that God loves them too. I think that's my driving thing. And so I try to bring that into my interactions with other people. I'm very extroverted, if you haven't noticed. Mm. I I kind of open the door and throw out the welcome mat. It's like, hey, come on in. The eight trait would be to notice the people that are being sidelined, for sure. But we would each maybe focus on a different subgroup. You've kind of found your subgroup. And if we were all doing that, if we were all being faithful and diligent at that, then there'd be no lonely people. (laughs) It would all be gathered up, right? What would you say to all the eights listening? Don't back down. For me, it's it's been a, a challenge to know who can handle me and who can't. But just because somebody can't handle you doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's been a big lesson for me in, in recent memory. Yesterday, my husband and I and a friend of ours, we were all working on you know packing some stuff. And on my desk, I have a row of action figures and Funko Pops that my husband likes to affectionately call my women with weapons. So all of these women with weapons. Apparently my type when it comes to movies or stories or anything is like, do you have a girl with a gun? Because she's gonna be my favorite. (laughs) Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones is my all time favorite fictional characters. I have like three different Briennes on my desk. Anyway, but Lady Knight, when I read those books, I felt like it was the first time I ever saw myself in a fictional story. And I I wept (laughs) because I finally felt seen. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface, and you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. Three words to describe you. Boisterous, excited, and uh, warm. Do you have any tattoos? I don't yet, but the one I'm going to get is going to be a tattoo of Oathkeeper, which is Brienne of Tarth's sword. And my favorite line from the books, which is, in this light, she could almost be a beauty. In this light, she could almost be a knight. Okay, what makes you cry? I famously do not cry in like romantic movies, but if you make me watch a superhero movie, I will guarantee you there will be a point in the movie that I cry. It's funny, the one that makes me cry the most is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's all about what does it mean to be a hero? And there are four places in that movie where I ugly cry every single time. Okay, what's your happy place? My happy place is with my people, but if I'm by myself, my happy place is at my favorite barcade. I have a beer or a nice whiskey and I'm playing pinball and 80s music is blasting. I'm just, I'm on this great nostalgia trip and I love it. What animal do you relate to? I am a cat, probably a black cat because 98% of my t-shirts are black. What is your drink of choice in the morning? Coffee, black. Um, Drink of choice at night. Whiskey neat or bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. That's my favorite kind of beer. 
fiction character that resonates Ooh. most with you? I'm going to break it down by 827. Eight, Brienne of Tarth for the Courageous Protector. For the two, Sylvia Tilly from Star Trek Discovery. When I first watched her on that show, I'm like, is this what I look like to other people? For a seven, Leslie Nope from uh, Parks and Recreation. Um, Leslie is exuberant and, um, and joyful, really positive, really high energy. <laughs> Um, and tries her best to be a really good friend. And, um, and that's what I try to do too. 